What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. On my high school team, we have five guys make the NBA. We had the county rocking. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. It's nothing that you can do to stop a competitive edge. It's just in the water. Welcome back to a special quarantine edition. We got a real special guest. What's up with your Brody with the virtual handshake? I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want all the smoke. Welcome back to a special quarantine edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's good, bro? My brother, how you doing out there, man? Man, I can't call it. It's ugly out here, raining, nasty, stuck in the house. What y'all got going on? <laughs> well, Mova, it's Sunday out here. We just can't go nowhere. We went yesterday, fed the ducks, and walked. Um, walked took a little walk. I might go get some bikes or something, take a ride around the neighborhood. But Yeah, man, you got to take advantage of that best, sun. Best you can get. That's it. I just need a little bit of fresh air. What's, uh, what's your quarantine hair grade looking like? You looking like Man. a slave? Nice like this, I wish. <laughs> Eddie K, talk to young, him. Let me young see. Eddie K, take, babe. Take, take your hat off real quick. Ooh-wee. Ooh, yo, you look like Dave Chappelle when he played the comedian in uh, Nutty Professor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time to... Karateify your ass. My shit's struggling too. What my shit looking like? My shit just be laying down. Oh my God. I thought you was on happy days when you took that thing first off, man. You see when it's just slipping. It bounced right. Hey, but you see how quick. I like that though. That was kind of clean, man. You got to do the fonz look sometimes. (laughs) Hey, you see how quick that shit be bouncing back to life, though? Yeah, you got that. Yeah, you got that bounce. Check that shit. That be down (laughs) Sassoon in your shit. That's that hue. That's that hue. (laughs) <laughs> That's you. Hey, anyway, man, we got a special guest, someone I've, I've really enjoyed watching play, playing against. Uh, to me, one of the best point guards in the game. 
Uh, welcome, John Wall. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's, what's up, bro? What's up with you, man? Chilling, man. Bored watching all these NBA games, classics, watching movies, TV shows, shit like that. How's, how's the family? The how's the family holding up? They good, you know what I mean? You got a little one in the house, so he like want to get outside every day, ride around his little bike and run around. But other than that, he's just straight chilling. Talk to me about that, because we got sons that are the same age. I got three of them. You got your first. Talk to me about having a son and how that just changed your life, man. Um, Just perspective, man. Everything I do now is for him, you know what I mean? Everything I used right. to do before is for myself and my, my mom and them. But now everything I do is for him. Like, I don't even hang out no more like that. Might pick one or two days out of the, every two weeks to hang with the guys, but... I'm just, I just had the opportunity to be injured, so I got to watch him grow every day, you know what I mean? Instead of being on the right. road and traveling. Wish I was playing, but just to watch him grow every day. And now he's 15 months, so he's telling me no, he's telling me yes, he's telling me thank you. He's going downstairs to pick up the basketball, so that's all been a great blessing in disguise for me. No, I know that's amazing, man. Like I said, I got the same. I got a 15-month-old, too. He running, running the house, so I know you loving that. <laughs> uh, you also told us before that you got another one on the way, man. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, for Congrats, sure. Bro. Appreciate Congrats. it. Thank you. Thank you. Another little, another little boy. Yes, sir. There you go. Awesome. Two, I'm you straight. Gonna be done? You gonna try? You gonna try to nah, get that girl? You done? I'm straight. I ain't tripping. I ain't <laughs> hey, I keep trying to. <laughs> I keep trying. Yeah. To shoot smart man. Smart man. If I keep trying to shoot for that one, I might be six, seven in. I ain't trying to build no Brady yeah, bunch over there, that. man. Trust nah. me. You don't want to do that. Trust Come me, on. you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Jackson. Yeah, don't don't do that. Never you on, Jack. Yeah, don't do, I, I got seven. Oh, five, yeah. five girls, two boys. Okay, three more. You got a whole uh, two teams. You can play five on yeah, five I, all day. I, I ain't gone. I've been operation <laughs> shut down. I've been operation <laughs> shut down. <laughs> that shit been done. So us, me and Matt, we're in this media space now, and you know when we were playing, the media used to twist our words a lot. Used to make us seem like. You know, we were bad people and never really understood our passion for the game and, and just never really understood us. And, and I know you're dealing with your own side of that with the media trying to twist it, make it seem like you and Bill don't get, a, don't get along. I've been there. I've got love from both of y'all at the same time. I seen the brotherhood when I came, when you brought me out there for the games. I appreciate that again. But, but talk, about, talk about that and how the media can try to twist your words and try to make you out to be something you're not. Um, I think just, you know, I mean, you got two talented young guys, man. Like one guy that's been there before the other one that's like the franchise guy. And another guy that come in that's just his talent, but just younger. Uh, we kind of already meshed like we wanted, we both want to be stars. We both want to take the game winning shots. We both want to be talked about in the media. We both want to be all this and all that. But at the end of the day, they always say, well, they don't like each other. They, they downgrading each other. Like, ain't no John Wall without Bradley Bill. Ain't no Bradley Bill without John Wall. Like, we make each other right. better. Like, we accomplish each other so well on the court that it works easy for us. So, like, when mm -hmm. I see the media try to say, oh, they don't like each other, well, he playing better without him, the, the ball, the team's eating, everybody moving, the ball's moving, all this. Well, in the day, yeah, you're going to play better when another star player's not out there because you get more shots. Everybody's right. going to give you the ball more, like, everything's predicated around you. And we don't, we wasn't winning games, so it wasn't good for us. So, like, Brad was like, yeah, I'm getting my numbers, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but we're not winning games. Or so when Brad is out for four or five games, yeah, John Wall might take 10 more shots or 12 more shots, and his numbers might go from, 22 a game to 32 or 34 through that stretch, but am I winning games or am I getting to the next level opportunity to get a chance to win a championship one day? No, I can never succeed right. that unless I'm playing with my brother, made Bradley Bill. So that didn't really bother me when people were saying that. I said that's good because you know, because as players, we know the relationships we have with our brothers. And then sometimes that's a, a, one reason why we glad we got this show because we, we didn't have that platform we were playing. 
You know what I'm saying? When, when, when I got to that brawl, everybody talked about me going in the stands and punching that fan, but nobody never rewinded the tape and seen me first get in the stands. I grabbed Ron Artest, and another beer was thrown in his face. So it was only right I would act that way. But now we have the platform to highlight these things, and I'm glad you spoke on that because we, us as players, we know y'all relationship tight. We know y'all brothers, and we know y'all want to rock with each other. Yeah, and that's what I try to tell people anyway, just to look back at, like, y'all era. I love that era, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's what the league was really about, like, it wasn't all about getting in the stands and fighting, but you protecting your brother. Somebody doing something to your brother, you're not going to stand there and not help him out. And nowadays, mm -hmm. in this new league, you got so many guys that the way they call things, you can't be physical, you can't touch, everything's a flagrant foul. Now, if somebody say something to your brother, bump your brother, and you try to stand up for him, you might be suspended three or four games, like over nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, you're like, you're like man, dang, if I was going to get spent three or four games, I might have threw a punch or something. Man, so like, who exactly. the fuck are you telling? So like, right. when I so when I tell people all the time, I said, don't get me wrong, these young guys and all these people in this league now is talented, don't get me wrong. But I came in in 2010 when you can still get clothesline, get bumped coming across that lane. If you breathe mm -hmm. on somebody the wrong way now, you might be suspended. Again. Like, you you take away from the physicality of the game, and it makes it so, it's so hard for y'all guys that want to be physical defenders to be able to guard these guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you can't do it no more. You can't no, do it. I mean, no. you, it, it's funny that you kind of caught the end, but we caught even when we came in. And the Jack, Jack, you came in late '90s. I came in early 2000s. It was more physical than that. You know what I mean? It, it, it they've steadily decreased the physicality of the game, and to me, almost the competitiveness of the game because you have to walk on eggshells. You have to worry about, damn, if I put just push someone, am I going to get kicked out the game and, and jeopardize my team? You know, so it's. It's it, it, it's a different, it's just a different time now, and I think we kind of have to, to understand the direction they're going. We talked about this with someone else a, a, as another guest, but you know now it, it's all about scoring and all about offense, and it, it really favors the offensive players. They want to see three pointers, they want to see dunks, they don't want to see no good defense, they don't want to see no. no close ball games, they want to see highlights, and it, I think it's really taken away from the essence of the game. Yeah, for sure. Like my even when I first got in the playoffs, I think like 14, 15 in my first year. And we playing the Bulls first round, then we play Indiana. Like, it was the first team to 80 points won the game. Now, Crazy, right? right now, it's like <laughs> teams got 80 at half. Like, I was in one game, we played Sacramento this year. They had 87 at half. I'm like, yo, this is... <laughs> That's crazy. This is, if you got 87, you was about to win the game. You just had to make a couple free throws at the end. Right. So, I mean, like you said, you just got to adapt to what the new NBA wants and what the world wants. We want to back up a little bit. Um, you guys played Utah uh, February 28th. And uh, probably a week after that, almost 10 days after that, the league was shut down because of, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert contracting the virus. Do you, what was the energy and the vibe like once you guys kind of heard that and realized you guys you're, as a team hadn't played him that long ago? Well, when you get that and you start realizing how serious the virus was, you kind of thought like, oh, man, everybody has to get tested. Like, even me, I wasn't playing. I was on the bench. But, like, you know, I mean, you interact with players, dapping them up throughout the game or saying what up after the game. So you right. all like, okay, take that focus of where have you been recently? Who have you been around? And me not having a young son, I'm like, well, you definitely have to get tested and make sure you don't have it and make sure you're not passing along because at the time they were saying if you was uh, elderly, older, or your immune system was up to par, strong enough, or you had a little baby, they got it, it's very rare they can fight it. So that's all I'm thinking about now in that aspect of making sure my family was straight and then worry about myself afterwards because I feel like me as a healthy athlete and young, I can fight it more than what a baby could. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about your work in D.C. in the community. I think it, it's something that goes unsung, but you really do a lot 
for that community. You're an advocate for the other teams, the baseball team. You, you cheer on the uh, WNBA team. You're at the games. But you really give back a lot, and I don't think we hear enough about that. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing in the community. Um, I just I have, a, I have a place that I adopted called Bright Beginnings. It's like a, a place for, like, single moms that, like, don't have jobs and their kids don't have opportunity to go to school. So we get them somewhere where they can live. Uh, they can, their parents can get the opportunity to go get a job, get some money, put in their pocket, and their kids can go get a degree, like work towards education. So that's big, something I looked at because I like I never had that as a platform growing up, and I see so many homeless people out here. And sometimes these kids never actually been in this situation, but that's just what they're born in, and they can't control right. them. So why not try to help them? But uh, mm-hmm. one thing I always instilled in myself, my mom helped me as a young kid, like, if you ever want to be something in life, let, like, let people remember you of what kind of person you are, just not as a basketball player. Right. So, like, a lot of people, like, have these camps and do these charity events and give back, but they never present. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, let these people feel like they're, you're normal just like them. So I like to be there mm-hmm. through. If I got an event from seven hours, I'm there for seven hours to interact right. and show that I'm normal. Like, you, anybody can throw any money or put their name on any little event or charity event. Be like, well, Facts. yeah, I did donate. Well, okay, you donated, but... Sometimes these kids or these parents might not never get to see an NBA player or a superstar right. in their city. And that's what I pride myself off of. Like, yeah, the money is cool to get it in, but that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for to show these people that I'm normal just like them. And if you come from a Section 8 or in a struggle situation, you can make it. You just got to believe so, in yourself. I love that, man. That's beautiful. We appreciate that. And like I said, it's, it's always, you know, would the media rather tell that story or would they rather tell the story that you're beef or they're making fake beef up about you and your teammates? So that's why, like Jack touched on it earlier, man, we need platforms like this, having social media on our own to not so much because you don't do it for the recognition, but just to right. know that there, we are doing good things out there. And when all, you know, the majority of the time, the media just wants to point the bad shit out. Oh, yeah, fact. They definitely going to pick the bad stuff out of everything. So... Like, I always tell my homie, they like, well, you don't be doing this, you don't do that. I said, I don't do stuff for the, I don't need it for the cameras. Right. Like, a lot of stuff right. I did in the community, I never did it for the camera. Like, good thing is, like, my team and my, my team I have around me and my Wizards organization, they, like, wanted to put me out there on that platform and let people see what I'm doing. But for me, I was doing it for years. Right. I, I backpack giveaway for years and never was really talked about. But it doesn't matter if the cameras show up or not because these kids getting supplies, right. they're getting book bags to go to school. And they get to hang out with John Wall for a couple hours. So that was straight for me. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Just on where we going next, you remind me kind of the guy that I'm about to ask you about. You know what I'm saying? You, you, they, 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 they twist you. They don't know all the, all the love you get in the neighborhoods and, and, the, and the love you give back to the communities. But AI... You know, you, uh, you you talked about how you looked up to him. You got any AI stories that you can give us? Man. With you and him? My, yeah, yeah, man. And my favorite story of all time, like, is when I'm coming out, you feel me? Like, everybody loved Jordans. Everybody loved all this. When you come out and get in shoe deals and then one pick. So I'm like, all right, Reebok offered me a deal. I'm like, all right, cool. Wearing Reeboks is all right. But, you know what I mean? At this time in our era with social media and all this, I want to be in Jordans and Nikes. Yeah. And then I remember I was in Reebok. I went to take my visit there, like, to talk to him. And um, AI showed up. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> talked to me for like, talked to me for like two hours, and he was like, "Listen here, man, I know what you're going through. I know what you're deciding because I was the same person in them shoes, coming out of Georgetown, wearing my Jordan, doing all this." But he was like, "Why not tra- change the culture? Like, why not be yourself and start something in your own way?" So once mm-hmm. he said that, like, I, I didn't even have, he didn't even have to walk me upstairs. You could bring the paper down here. I'm signing. Like my idol, just, like, like like my idol, my idol just came and talked to me and told me a reason why I can go this way and start my own revenue. And they wanted me to like. No, Reebok wasn't the same. They just wanted to start over and see if they can build it back up, which is tough the way they business went. But outside that, AI was the reason why I was like, man, I'm going to sign these papers. Forget what anybody else is talking about. That's wow. what's up. So that, was, so that was like my dopest story for me. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, every time you see AI now, he grabbing your back of your head, love you. You're like, nobody want to be yeah. son. So I'm yeah. like, come on, AI, you doing too much. Like, I'm grown, man. Like, you don't got to keep grabbing your <laughs> back of my head. Hey, 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 he still do that to me. He still do it to yeah, me, bro. But he, like, he still do that to me, dog. Yeah, so in the day, and I see him do it to everybody. So I'm like, oh, you know, you can't, who can you say? Like, you know what I mean? You got older vets than you. He doing this too. But that was just a right. dope story for me that made me be like, you know what? I got respect from, from my idol, you know what I mean? And that's all I really yeah. cared about the time being. That's what's up, man. So you came up in a in a single parent household. Your mom worked multiple jobs to to support you and your siblings, uh, and you went through something that I went through, man, which was the toughest thing I personally ever had to go through. Uh, I lost my mom to cancer in 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 two thousand seven, and really that was uh, that was when you know I, I would say that's when Jack and I really we were already teammates. We fucked with each other off the rip, but. This dude was here for me every single day, man. Come to my house, check on me, call me, come smoke with me, bring me weed, bring me food. <laughs> he was just there for me, man. You know what I mean? So obviously condolences and rest in peace to your mom. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and, and how that affected you and affected life as a whole. Because to me, the pain never goes away. You just learn how to deal with it a little better each day. Yeah, Talk for to sure. us about that. Well, that was like the toughest for me anyway. You know what I mean? That's my best friend. Like, always talk to her three, four, seven times a day and all that. So, like, when she was going through that whole process, it was just like, dang, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully she can beat this because I had lost my dad from cancer when I was nine. So mm-hmm. I kind of already knew how that route goes. And then it's like after my 20, uh, 29th birthday, man, and um, she just started to get real more and more sick, like couldn't move and 
had to stand still. My mom's one of those moms that like, you know, get up 5 a.m., 6 a.m., doing everything. Everything's already done for you. Go to school before she go to work. So when I started seeing again week in week, I tried to spend as much time as I could with her every day or every time she came in town for chemo or anything like that. Just understanding like that it's getting more serious now that she might not make it. Right. And um, I remember she came to my birthday party and we had a blast and all that. And that was like the last time you see my mom smiling and I posted in my pictures. So after that, it started to get tougher and tougher. And I'm like still trying to go through my rehab, but also make sure I spend as much time with my mom because I don't know if this is it or not. And mm -hmm. um, I remember I was like, I'm, I'm going to come down there right after this. Uh, we play, we were about to play Charlotte. And it was like, I think a Monday, we was about to play Charlotte. And I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to come down, play Charlotte. After the game, I'm going to stay the night, drive down, go see my mom for like seven, eight days. We get off the plane, I land, I get back to my, I get to my hotel and I get a call like, she had, um, she had passed early that day, but came back to life. Like they, they pumped her back to life and they, she's on like a ventilator machine. And I'm like, oh no, nah, this crazy is over. Like I asked one of my homeboys that lived in Charlotte and he drove me straight, North, like straight to uh, Raleigh. It's like a three hour drive. I drove straight down. And like, just to see my mom on the, on the bed, it just, it was everything. So I like, I passed out, fainted. And then I'm like, yo, this really might be the last Last couple of days, I get to speak with my mom. So literally every day from that day forward, I never left the hospital, took showers in there, spent the night in there. And it was just tough to see her, but she kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And, like I, and this is why I tell you, well, like people say they don't know our relationship between me and Brad because everybody was like, well, y'all don't get along. Y'all don't like, bro, when I got the phone call, the first person that came out of my hotel room to hang out with me was Brad. Like, come to hold me. Like, like yo, you're my brother. Like, what you going through, I'm going through. And after they played that Real game shit. against and after they played that game against Charlotte, they lost. Brad didn't even get on the team playing. He drove down to be with me in North Carolina for the next two or three days. You see what I'm saying? So like I, I told the media, like, y'all think y'all know our situation, but he ain't had to do none of this. He right. could have just been a teammate. It's bigger, been than a it's bigger than hoops. It could have been a teammate and a brother and be like, you know what, man? He alright, I'm gonna call him, I'm leaving. Now he came to check on me, see my mom, and, and like that. This basketball stuff can end tomorrow, we never play again. Like that's going to be somebody I call my brother because he was there in the town when I was there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, that That's was, that, that was like, the most difficult and still is. And, um, like, one thing that helped me is we got a uh, guy to do chapel for his name, Pastor Battle. And I went to talk to him. My mom was real sick before she passed. And I was like, um, how do you get through it? Like, how do you get any comfort? He's like, you know, you don't really feel comfort. You're always going to feel that pain. But, like, are you at peace with her leaving? And when he talked to me like that, and I went and talked to my mom one-on-one -on -one before she passed and did all that, I knew she fought as much as she could. She was happy, and she was like, I'm at peace. I'm ready to go. That right. made it more easy for me to accept my mom going, even though you still had those pains and thoughts every day about it. Man, that's the, that's the exact same situation, because my mom was diagnosed November 1st and died November 27th, so within 26 days. So I was in Golden State with Jack and the rest of the squad, and I was back and forth constantly, Sacramento to the Bay. And I remember the last day um, we were playing the Phoenix Suns and I, I, I had been, I had missed practice and, you know, she kind of saw I was antsy, but I was still spending time with her, talking to her and everything. She's like, you know, baby, go play your game. Your team needs you. Um, and then just come back after. So I was like, all right. So, man, I drove straight to the game, like didn't have shoot around, didn't do whatever. Everyone already knew the deal. Played, played well. Uh, I think we beat Phoenix in either a single overtime or double overtime, had a really good game. I hit her when I got done, like, hey, mom, she said, you know, you, you did a good job. Um, you know, get some rest, come see me in the morning. And she died like 4 a.m. that morning before yeah. I got a chance to get back over there and see her. But, you know, to know that, 
You know what I mean? I, I got to have my nights with her and talk to her, and she was at peace. You know, she said, baby, I'm tired. You know what I mean? She yeah, had been fighting. She gave me the advice to, you know, look over my brother, my sister, my dad. She, she gave me all the game. And then she, you know, I, I just knew she was in a, she, once she, you know, she can kind of let go, she was going to be in a better place because she was so tired. She was in so much pain and she just yeah. couldn't handle it no more. So it's funny that you said that because I had to come with, to come to peace with her being at peace about it, which is like, damn, like she's at peace with letting go. So I, ha I had to be strong yeah. and do that. So it's a tough thing to go through, man. Yeah, that, and that's the crazy, like you, you don't think like those little talks or that one-on-one -on -one mean so much. But for them to be like, yo, I'm tired, I'm at peace. It's like, why, why would I want her to suffer and keep fighting? You know what I mean? Right. I'm not the one that got to be in that body. So you kind of accept it, but you still like, golly, like my best friend, my mom gone. So for me, like I had my dad for nine years of my life. And, and most of the time he was in jail most of my life. And then I had my mom for 29. So it's like, I know what it feel like not to be on both ends and not have either one. So like, that's my main goal is seeing that aspect of how thing, quick things can be taken away. So that's why I try to cherish as much moments as I can with my son. Right. No, absolutely. It changes your focus. Then you got a, a, a dear mama tattoo on your back for it to honor her, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a dear mama tattoo on my back. And then it's crazy because I got like a mama's boy on my chest. Like one of my first tattoos I got because I'm always, everybody always called me a mom's boy. So then when she was mm -hmm. going through the cancer and I'm just seeing her fighting and I'm like, yo, like, I just, like, dear mom was just so dope to me. And I'm like, my mom gonna always have my back and always be watching over me. So that's why I put it on the back of my neck. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Hey, um, 2018, you started pursuing your bachelor's degree. Um, talk about that. You, you still doing, you still taking classes while you quarantining or while you rehabbing? Yeah, it's crazy. That was uh, a promise you made your mom, right? That you was gonna go back and get, get your degree? Yeah, and that's crazy, cause like before I got on a call with y'all today, I was just talking to my uh, administrator from my school, like picking my uh, summer classes and my fall classes. So that's just crazy that y'all even bring it up. But like, I was supposed to do an exam when my mom was going through, she went through and was about to pass. I was like, yo, I kind of take it like a, like a month off and then finally do my exam. So I finally got through that exam for my last semester and passed that. So now I'm going to get my classes for summer school. So yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. And like my, my ultimate goal is to even push even further to try to take as many classes more than I can to get it quicker. You know what I mean? Like I love that. When I uh, got my, when I went into the Hall of Fame, it was dope because my mom was there and it was like one of the last times she was very like, got to go back to Kentucky and see me. So like, didn't know I got put in the Hall of Fame. Y'all probably see my speech where I broke down and talked about it. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. all, yeah. that, all that was dope to me because she got to witness that. So like to see my first son yeah. born, to see me go in the Hall of Fame, to see me play eight to nine years in the league. Like, and the only thing that really, irks me to this day is, you know, you probably feel the same, Matt. It's like, did I do enough? Like, did I make my mom happy? Like, that's the only thing that'd be like, yo, did I have enough fun with my mom? Did I do enough? And I have a dope assistant that always be like, yo, you ever, don't ever question yourself or think about that because just go back and watch the pictures and seeing your right. mom smile and see that. Like, I got to take yeah, my mom. Man. So that, that kind of clears my mind a little bit. And then like, I, got, I put a picture uh, uh, me and my mom at the White House correspondent dinner, like she got to meet Michelle and Brock. So like to take my mom to that, Killer. that lets me know I did something special. Hell so yeah. like, but yeah, I'm definitely going back to get that degree though. I'm, I'm pushing very yeah. hard for that. I love that. Yeah. I was telling the crew before we got on the air today, I went back and watched game six of the We Believe season when we beat Dallas in the clinching game. And this motherfucking Jack is on fire. And I hit him with one of his, I, I think I hit him with like his, an assist that he hit his six three pointer. Dallas calls a timeout. And somehow the, the camera, I, I had, like I said, I had never seen the game. I was watching the TNT feed. The camera yeah. pinned right to my mom in the crowd. And she was up, jumping around, screaming, hands above her head. 
And I'm like, that shit gave me instant chills. Like, yeah, dog, facts. this shit is... What, what are the chances out of 20,000 people in the arena? Jack was a motherfucker that hit the shot. I didn't even hit the shot. They just happened to pan to my mom and dad and go past them. And I'm like, damn, that shit is crazy. But like you hey, said, she, she and was I was, excited. And I was his Bradley Bill. I was his, I was his Bradley Bill. That was my Bill. dog, for real. For you real. know what I'm saying? That's, what, yes, that's when Jack and yes, I became sir. brothers, man. Like, he was there every yep. single day talking, and can, doing whatever you need. And you need that. That's why, you know, when it, when it happened, I hit you. <clears throat> I yep. hit you like, bro, you know, yep. whatever you need, you want to talk. Because I kind of found that, like, you talking about it helped. At first, I was closed off to the world. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. I tried to play a day after. I was closed off, quiet. But then when I started opening up and talking, I really felt like I kind of started to heal a little bit and shared the good memories and the fun times. Mm -hmm. And that's what yeah. Jack was there for, man. He, we would just chop it up, and, and, and it really helped me have a different outlook. Although it still hurt, it just gave me a different perspective on shit. Yeah, definitely yeah. gonna be always be hurt. But like you said, though, being able to talk about it, have somebody you can talk to, and you can tell like kind of bond y'all have. You know, what I mean, even just by this show. But I'm seeing y'all way before this. How y'all bond? Like you can tell mm -hmm. that bond ain't fake. You know what I mean? And that's one thing. Like we were saying, Jack, when when you was fixing your uh, screen mask, like certain things be so fake these days, man. Like people want to be cool with people yeah. for certain reasons to be talked about, a clout chasing. Like you can tell when there's genuine love there, and that's when that's when it all matters to me. Yeah. Like I, it's cool That's to set it up, keep it moving, but when it's genuine love, you're going to know, man. You're going to know when somebody you gonna know. for you. <laughs> you're going to know, yeah. Because we all, everybody in this life, we all know we all going to go through tough times, you know what I mean? And tough times don't last last as long, man. It make you strong as you're going to be. So, you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. having some people you can talk to somebody around, it makes it so much better. That's what's up. Yeah. Let's uh, jump back to college, man, because you had a motherfucking legendary career, legendary <laughs> teammates, legendary coach. Tell me what that experience is like, because Jack went straight to the league, but I went to UCLA, and it was the best time yeah, of my, my life. Yeah, my dumbass, my dumbass. Nah, you want a dumbass, you just got to do it. Like, nah, Joe, you know I'm going to keep it real with you. I couldn't pass that damn test, bro. I couldn't pass that <laughs> <laughs> You ain't telling me nothing. I don't know. I know a lot of people that go overseas for that. They ain't tripping. Right. <laughs> but um, like one thing I would say, though, Jack, is if you ever had the opportunity, bro, you, that would have been your best time ever, man. Oh, like, man. like for me, I Tell knew him. I was going for eight months, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm like, yo, I'm here to win a championship. I don't win it, cool, but I'm going to have this most fun ever. And yeah. to being able to go to class or get up and grind every day, man, like, we had, bro, when I tell you Coach Kyle was one of the crazy coaches, after, like, two weeks, I said, yo, I think I picked the wrong school. I want to transfer. I called my mom. <laughs> she was like, she was like, boy, you staying? Like, listen, every morning we had to be on the suicide line. We had 20 suicides in 20 minutes at 6 a.m. every day Ooh. for summer school. So, like, our first 10 suicides was, like, the basic one, uh, free throw line, bang, bang, bang. Then the last 10 was baseline, baseline, other free throw line. Like, and I'm like, yo, did I pick oh, the right no. school? Like, this is not basketball. That's and crazy. Then, I one, yeah, type thing. So, I tell you one of the funniest stories is we run the suicide. We got, like, four left. And, like, the guards had to finish, like, 28 bigs, had to finish, like, 35. DeMarcus' feet caught on fire. Like, <laughs> so he stopped running, like... Like he really, he, he missed suicide. He missed suicide. He run to the sideline to me. I quit, man. I quit. Like, my feet burn. I ain't doing it no more. Coach Kyle, be, he was want to be all Billy. So he was like, you know what? If he would have finished the suicide, I was going to give y'all tomorrow off. No, he wasn't going to give us tomorrow off. Just trying to use it. So we got suicides the next morning, man. DeMarcus sitting at half court. He ain't got to run. You know, he, he the reason why we got to run today. He's sitting at half court, no running. We all look at him like, yo, we got to jump him after this because, like, there's no way we got to run suicide. <laughs> and he ain't got to run. But we know one about beating DeMarcus up back then. No right. way, no way. But, yeah, like, Jack, that, that school, man, it was the most fun ever, man, just being able to prepare every week, having maybe two or three games, 
And the most fun with me was going on the road. Like, right, you don't brothers. get that, you don't get that atmosphere and that that culture they brought with talking trash and it's just you and your your fourteen guys. And you going yeah, out right. there to go to battle and go to war, and it's like you got to win or survive out here. Ain't nobody on your side. You know, Kentucky fans travel, but it feel like hell yeah. yeah. It still Crazy. didn't feel like a home game because of the way they was treating it, but it was dope, man. You couldn't ask for nothing better. And, like, everyone for me being number one pick, I wanted to go back to school just to win a national championship just to get that atmosphere and that, like, fun and how exciting that was. That's what's yeah. up. Tell me about what that team was like because you played with a lot of NBA players in college. Your team, the team was rock star status. You know what I mean? Man. That's when social media just started hitting. Like, y'all was the shit. You, it, Bled, Boogie. Man, was, like, what was that like? It was so, man, like, we stayed in a Wildcat Lodge and, like, we walked, like, outside our building where we stay in a practice What's court. What's Wildcat like, Live? It's like where the players stay, but we, we got to let like 10 regular students stay so they don't like you get extra benefits. It's like where we stay, okay. like having an apartment. So we had like a game room and all that in there. But like from here to like 10 steps is like where we practice at. But it would be like 60, 70 cars of people waiting for autographs every day and we couldn't get away from them. So it was right. like, yo, we can't even walk to class without... So, like, we started, like, using the golf cart to go to class. Football team got mad. They told us we couldn't use it no more. So we had to walk. It's like... Haters. So cold. Haters. We walking backwards to class. But what was so fun about that year was, you know, nobody, like, the returning players that came, like, Patrick Patterson and Ramon Harris and Darius Miller, none of these guys never played for Cal. So, like, the freshmen in the, in the upperclassmen, it's all some new for all of us. So, like, they didn't know what Coach Cal was looking for. We didn't know what Coach Cal was looking for. So we all had to bond and come together. But we did everything yeah. together, bro. We went bowling together, out to eat together. Like, we treated it like you do as a league team that has great camaraderie and, and one of those good teams because they hang out together Nigga, so that much. was a league team. Yeah, so that's just, what we just about like. to say, nigga, y'all had eight, <laughs> eight, eight <laughs> pros on your team. But, you know, like, we had all the other guys that kind of like, you know, like, if you got, like, me, Pat, DeMarcus, E. Bled, like, we know we about to go. But all the other guys, like, man, they ain't going to hang with us. They don't really rock with us. But we like, nah, bro, we all a brother. We all a family. Right. Like, we right. go in the war to fight every night. If Fuck one guy get us. hurt, the 15 guy gonna hang with us. So to have right. like the guys that didn't think they was a part of our crew all to get together, that's why our team was so fun and having so much. Man, we was just doing whatever, man. Like we could nothing was wrong for us to do in college at the time. And we walked to the corner yeah. stories like, oh man, there go them guys again. We're like, right. we here. That's us. No, no, it's it was college college was the outside of having children and being blessed to play in the league. Like college was the funnest time of my life, man. That's and just you like in, your and, last. And you in LA, you at UCLA, so I know you was having a blast. Yeah, but see, mm, I, mm, I think mm. I think different because LA is LA and it's so big and there's so much other shit to do. You know what I mean? So it's not you went to where motherfucking Kentucky basketball, there, basketball is basketball religion. Horses. Basketball right. horses. That's basketball all you got. is religion. I remember the best part, uh, I, I obviously go, going there was dope, but my freshman year in 98 was the NBA lockout. So we had everybody at our game. So I'm tripping coming from like Sacramento, like motherfucker, we got Shaq and Kobe at our game. We got movie stars at our game. We got Snoop coming to our game. And I'm like, damn, this is what UCLA is about. Like the shit was a trip, but it was because it was the NBA lockout. So we had hella NBA players at our game, front and center. And I'm just like, yo, this shit can't be real. Like, it, it, it was just like that real la-la land type shit. And that's when I just mm -hmm. fell in love with this shit, bro. That shit was a blast. That was my plan, to go to Where college for go? eight months. I had, we had the number of recruiting class that year at Arizona. Me, Mike Bibby, and uh, Eugene Eggerson. We had the number of recruiting oh, class that, that class. year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was loaded. Yeah, I remember that class. Yeah. yeah. And we already had Michael Dickinson, uh, Miles Simon. We had our, yeah. all, all them guys already. So we was going. And they ended up winning the national championship. So it worked out how nice. it was supposed to work out. My and ass just, just wouldn't can stay. 
I couldn't stay out the club. Test was at eight. I'm leaving the club at five thirty. That that wasn't gonna work. I ain't gonna lie, man. First time I took that test, man, I fell asleep. I like, man, I don't need this to pass. <laughs> they come back say, all right, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You gonna, you gonna be figuring something else. Out. I said, all right, now I got locked in. I brought me a snack the yeah. second time. First time I ain't bring no snack, no calculator. I'm like, I got this. You know what I mean? Spelling names wrong, doing all that. You better get this right or you're going to be hurting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, talk to us about, so, you you know, Kentucky, uh, you're projected the number one pick. You end up being the number one pick to the Washington Wizards uh, in 2010. Tell me what you remember most about that uh, situation. Uh, like going into the draft or like just after I declare? Just just the whole, just the process of, like, I got a chance to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Oh, it was crazy because, like, it's so crazy because my senior year, they was like, well, you're going to be a number one pick. But I'm like, yeah, y'all, whatever. Y'all just talking. And then, you know, like, you got a lot of guys from back home, like, well, he going to be in school three, four years. He ain't going to do what he's supposed to do, whatever. So for me to go there, like, my first couple games, like, my first game, game winner. I mean, because I had to miss two games, game winner. Um... Then we get to play Carolina at, at Kentucky. You know, I'm excited for that game because, you know what I mean, being from North Carolina, like, it's my dream school, not getting a scholarship offer because I didn't want to commit on the spot. So I'm like, yo, we get to play Carolina, Roy Williams. They had Dexter Strickland and Larry Drew, the guy they, like, they had picked over me to go there. Ooh. So I felt an uh, even certain way to play even more Hold on one sec. Talk to us about that Carolina situation. That's crazy. So you wanted to go to North Carolina, and they wanted so you to commit on the spot, and you couldn't do it? So Carolina's my dream school. Like, you know what I mean? You either go Carolina, Duke, NC State, really your main schools, you be home. And um, I love, always love Carolina. And, you know, Ty Lawson was there at the time. And I'm like, yo, Ty Lawson killing. I love watching him play. But then I also got to see Derrick Rose play at Memphis. And I'm like, yo, I got to play for Coach Cal. But I'm like, yo, I got to stay home at the time being. And then mm. I went on a visit. I went on a visit in Tyler Hansberry, and they, they went to a football game. And they was like, well, we'll give you an offer if you commit on the spot. I'm like, I'm not committing on the spot. I still want to go watch. I mean, I'm from where I'm from. I want to see all these other schools and get to see these other states, take visits. So I'm, like, I'm not committing on the spot. They're like, well, we're not going to offer you. So I'm like, you know what? Mm. I'm never going to Carolina. I'm never going to Carolina now. Then I got to play Larry Drew. Not the backtrack, but I got to play Larry Drew after he committed to Carolina at the GlaxoSmith tournament, which is owned by me now, my John Wall tournament. So I got to play him in front of Roy and all them. We won that game. So we get to play them in college. I'm like, yo, we got to kill them. Like, I'm telling my team, like, we got to kill them. Like, it's a big game for me. And we beat Carolina, and then I get to play UConn with Kimball and Jerome Dyson and Stanley Robinson in the garden. And I think that was my solidified party of being number one pick because I had like 15 of our last 17 in the last five minutes in the game winner. Mm. So now my whole aspect is like, so my whole aspect now, like I'm on the great wall of Sports Illustrated. So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go to the league. But like, I'm trying to tell everybody, like, just let me focus on this college moment because I know it can go by like this if you lose early in the NCAA tournament. So I told all my team, like, uh, we, Coach Cal always get, like, his top point guard, top pick. You ever know they got a slam cover with all of them up there? Like, they had Coach Cal and Derek and Coach Cal and Tyreek. And it was supposed to be me and Coach Cal. And I'm like, yo, nah, if you're going to put me on the cover again, I'm tired of being on the cover by myself. Put Demarcus, E. Blair, and Patrick Patterson on this cover with me. So if you ever seen the slam magazine before the tournament, they got all four of us up there with Coach Cal. And, like, my teammates couldn't believe that I put them on there with me. I'm like, that's the type of bond we have. Like, this is a commodity that's and love up, I got bro. for y'all as my brothers. So a lot of people don't even know that story. So that in the dope. article, it's like the cover, the bold letter is me in yellow. But I say, yeah, my letter is bold, but you see my other three brothers up here with me. Yes, yes sir. And, and when yes. I first got, and not the backtrack, when I first got to school, though, Coach Kyle was like, yo, I know you're going to leave. We all know you're going to leave. But take four or five guys with you. And I'm like, Coach Kyle, I can't do that. Like, I can't. 
I don't know if these guys got that dog or going to want to go to the league after one year. And we end up having five guys in the first round that's never been done before. That's, that's crazy. Insane. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. So talk to us. Yeah. You, uh, an injury, that, uh, a heel injury that ended, uh, that you needed to have surgery and ended your season. You're rehabbing that. And then at the house, you slip, fall, tell your Achilles. Yeah. Like, that's back-to-back crazy, similar to crazy luck that DeMarcus had. Talk to us what what your mind state was like after that. It was so crazy because when I, when I I tell you about before that, I had a bone spur in my knee. Like, so I'm going to tell a story about all this, like, when all this is over. But I had a bone spur in my knee, like, this long, like a tooth. It was like two, three inches in my knee, so I couldn't bend my knee. So when I was walking around, the doctor's like, yo, you should have been, broke your kneecap, you should have never been an all-star, all this. I'm like, well... I guess I got a high pain tolerance. So I played through that. I got that fixed. That's when I had my best year, 16, 17. We go to game seven against Boston. Then I come back, like, the next two years, like, certain games, my heel would hurt. Like, I'm talking about walking on my tippy toes where I couldn't even go to the bathroom at night. It was like somebody would just stab me with a knife in the back of my heel Mm. and just keep twisting it. You know me? Like, I feel like I have that mindset. If it ain't broke, you can play. But at the same time, like, I'm... I'm really giving my all when I shouldn't be right now because I can mess my career up. So going into like 18, 19, yeah, 18, 19, I'm playing and I was like, I having games where like, I'm talking about Jack and Matt, like well, I couldn't even like run down the court, like anybody could have got by me. And we playing Cleveland, I had the worst game of my life, one point, and then, right, I should have subbed myself out at the beginning, but I'm like, yo, I can get through this, I can fight, it's gonna warm up. It never warmed up, and man, after that, I was like, yo, I got to shut it down. Like, I got I to gotta have surgery to get this out of there. And they was like, well, you might not come the same. But people don't really know 
With me slipping, that really ain't even the reason why I tore my Achilles because I had a bone spur underneath my heel. So I had to lift my mm -hmm. Achilles up already to take the bone spur out. So when I did that, you know, I made my Achilles real weak and I was in a walking boot and stuff. Oh, so it just finally shit. So it just so it just finally gave. But now when they put my Achilles back down, my bone spur is out, but I'm like walking like this. So like they finally just gave. But the doctor's like, it's best you did it like that. Cause if you would have came back and rehab and worked out, it would have just tore complete. Like like KD and yeah, like fully ruptured. Ah, so mine yeah. ain't fully ruptured. I have like a partial tear in mine. So I was rather better off doing that. So, you know what I mean? So let me tell y'all a story about it. So then I get through that. Bro, I've been through four or five surgeries with that because I kept getting infections. Mm. Like, so like now I'm thinking like, man, y'all might have to cut my whole leg off. Y'all can't clear the infection out of there because it's deep down in my foot. Mm -hmm. So now my mindset is, man, forget the Achilles of getting that fixed right now. Just please clear this infection so I can be healthy, like be able to walk and have my foot still. <laughs> right. Perspective. That's all I was really wow. worried about. So people didn't even know that side of the story. So I'm like, yo, just please get the infection out. And I kept tired of getting, like, open it up, cutting it, closing it, opening it, and closing it. So I was like, man, forget even playing basketball. Just let me have my legs so I can walk and be normal and play with my kid one day or whatever. And then I finally That's got crazy. past it. And I finally got past that stage where now I'm like, I can't wait to prove everybody and show everybody what I got because everybody think I'm done. Mm, that's tough. Now, you were on assignment with the G League, and I heard you was getting back to your shit. How are you, how oh, are you, how are you feeling in, 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 during that, and where do you feel like you're at right now? They say you took somebody's face off at practice or something. I seen y'all some problems. I send y'all some private videos, but when I tell you, like, <laughs> when I, but when I tell y'all, when I tell you, I'm like, you know, like you playing. So let me tell you, I know my mindset. So when I'm playing, I'm, I'm not, when I'm not playing, I'm watching these guys play, you know, like the young guys and they all like, they killing our team and they looking at our bench and stuff. Just know I got those right down in my notes for when I come back, when they start next season, because I'm like, I can't wait to show them what I got, what I'm about, but I'm, I'm going to be better than what I was before. And that's the scary part about it because damn near my whole year. Man. Damn near the whole, like, my five years I was an all-star, bro, I played with two bone spurs in my knee and my heel, and people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So y'all, like, like they, guard. they ain't even getting the best of John Wall yet, so, like, they just got a clip of him. That's I, nah, I already, I, I already <laughs> know you got a, left, a, lot, a lot left in the tank, and from all this time you missed, I know you're going to come back and kill. Yeah. But speaking of guards, you're talking about the guards you got, what's, who's your top five PGs of all time? Woo! All time, all time, man. Magic up there for sure. It's just Steph up there for sure. I know people be like, that's too early, but Steph definitely up there. Uh, see, I like see like people like downgrade CP don't like CP because of the way he do oh, stuff. Shit. And, hey, not I'm not saying y'all, but like see y'all played against him. Like people might not like yeah. CP, but what he brings to the game, like as a leader, as a IQ guy, yes. and dog and don't back down for nobody. I could put him in my top five because of that because he don't give them who it is. He's trying to rip your head don't off. Don't matter. And, and, right. and, and that's what I love. That's what I love about CP, man. Because, like, I, like, you know what I mean? I played him in, you know, Seth Casales, I coached for a little bit, then he went and coached the Clippers. So I'm like, mm -hmm. Sam, I'm about to bust CP ass. I don't get damn what you say. He's like, well, CP going to bust your ass. I'm like, well, we just going to have yeah. to do it because you coach both of us. And that's what I love. CP don't give a damn who you yeah. is. Yeah. And that's the mindset you got to have, man. So you like, gotta got, have that. You gotta have that. I got him. I got CP. I got Magic. I gotta put John Stockton because he all-time sis leader. You know what I mean? Just not even that. And then I go Isaiah Thomas. I love Isaiah Thomas. Zeke. 
Yeah, yeah, Zeke. Yeah. How can you not love Zeke, man? Speaking of uh, speaking of CP, you have a le you have a signature motherfucking move that you caught me with, and it's still getting shown a lot more lately because there ain't no motherfucking basketball. When you did that motherfucking three sixty spin layup. And I seen your eyes getting big, and I know you wasn't crazy enough to try to dunk on me because you know I filed the shit out of you, but you was up like, when you approached me, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker's eyes are getting real big. He about to pull some shit, and next thing I know, this motherfucker jumps, spins around, and makes me just, I knew, like, I just saw it kind of coming. I just turned the opposite way and looked, and like, this motherfucker did now the I'm smoothest be, 360 layup on me ever. I'm gonna be realistic, man. I was about to dunk it, but when you started to spin, like, when you move, you move to the right, where like when I lean in with my left, so I'm like, I can't do this. I'm gonna fall, and I know he ain't grabbing me. He throwing me straight to the ground. I ain't no dunking on that. So, so in, in my mindset, in my mindset, I'm like, yo, I gotta spin. And, you know, that's my right. go-to. Like I just all play off instinct. So once I see you that lean, I'm like, I'm gonna spin. Yeah. And I really, yeah, I, I did not know that was on Matt. Yeah, and the reason no, why was, I was in that mindset was. Tough. But the reason why I was in that mindset was, Matt, you probably don't remember, me and CP was already going at it, like, arguing the whole it was game. A, it was a battle. Battle. Y'all yeah, was going it was at a it. battle. Like, going at yeah. it. And then, like, CP's on the bench, and he had said something a couple of plays before that. And you got to think, we were down by, like, 18. So mm -hmm. I'm like, man, fuck that. I got to start putting on the show. And the night before, I had just killed the Lakers, so I started putting on the show, and we come back and make it a game. Then CP come back in and win it for him. But, like, that stretch was like we went on, like, a 12 0 run. And that's when Doc yep. brought the Wolves back in. Mm-hmm. No, that shit was tough. Wait. I remember because I was, I was, I thought for a second you're gonna jump, so I start coming towards you, kind of clearing the way. Like I'm gonna try to get you before you even take off. And then next thing I know, that boy just. Whew. Yeah, I remember that. Play. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was that, that shit was cold. That shit was dope. So obviously the oh, goal man. in in Washington uh, has been to win a championship. You and Bill being two of the best guards um, in the league. What do you think, uh, free agency, draft, how do you feel like you guys, and this is no knock on the current team, you know what I mean? This is just real talk, and, and your goal, obviously, is to get to the playoffs and win a championship. What do you kind of feel like you guys need to have happen for that to happen? Well, for one, like you said, though, you started right there. I like. I feel like for a couple years in the past, we just kept trying to rebuild through the draft like you do in a lot of other sports, but in the league, your window's kind of short. You, you don't have time for that, you know what I mean? And I feel like me and Brad is a great cornerstone. We have Rui, he's a rookie that's in there. But I feel like we need, we go, we definitely gonna need us a three that's a dog, you know what I mean? That's to knock down shots and compete, compete and create for us. And then we also gotta build a bench, you know what I mean? Just being realistic. Like, I love the team we have now. We have some great pieces and a lot of young guys that just get an opportunity to play where they probably would have never gotten on other teams. Right. But like, mm -hmm. I feel like if you wanna be one of those teams, you gotta have veteran guys around that's willing to understand their role. And that's kind of what we dealt with in the years past with our teams is nobody really understood their role. And trying to get guys to understand their role, we never accepted that. And you know how hard that is, Jack and Matt, when you got, got seven to eight guys on one-year deals every year. Like, everybody's trying to fight for their yeah. next contract. So mm -hmm. their mindset mm -hmm. ain't like thinking about, well, well, we're going to be here for a while. We can build this future right. to get to what we want to. they like, nah, I'm not with it. I'm trying to get paid right now. <laughs> right. right. And I feel like if we get... If we add some pieces where guys going to uh, buy into what's going on, then we'll be fine. But if guys ain't willing to buy into that, then we can't bring those guys a part of our team because we know me and Brad is the, the main piece of the team that just find all these pieces that fit us 
And you never know what the future gets hold. Two things. Uh, we're heading down the home stretch. Who's your favorite guy to battle when you're like, okay, shit, we're playing so and so tonight? Like, this is when I'm gonna be on my shit. My guy's Kyrie, man. For some reason, like when, when me and Kyrie, because like, what makes me, because what makes me so frustrated is we felt like those two years we pulled the been in the East Conference Finals. That one year we lost to Boston, and the year I broke my hand against Atlanta. And Jack, remember that series? So yes. I was upset about that. So I feel like that's the matchup everybody want to see me and Kyrie to go at it for seven games or four games, however long. And I never got the opportunity. So every time we played them, it felt like, even in the regular season, it felt like we was in playoff mode. Like even when Brian hit that crazy Y'all was crazy trying to simulate that. Yeah. <laughs> when Brian hit that crazy, when Brian hit that crazy thing without the glass, like I felt like every time we played them, it's like me and Kyrie just know this is what it is. Like it's a battle. And it was, and at the time, it was like who's the best point guard in the East between us. Or who's even the second best player in the East behind LeBron? And that's what my mindset was, and it's always been like that with him. That was a full-court so pass to Braun caught it in the corner, turned and shot it off the glass, Man, he caught, bro. He caught the joint in his slot in front of the three-point line, and once he caught it, we pulled the foul him. We let him take a dribble back behind the three-point line, phase. So he running past me after he make it. I'm like, yo, you know that was luck. He said, nah, young fella, I do this all the time. And I'm just like, God damn, he always, he always making shots like this. So, like, I ain't got shit I can say. He got championships. So, what more right. can I say to Bron? But right. that was the same then, game where he got away he got away with a travel, travel right? He and missed so the layup. Bad, bro. He traveled so bad. I knew what movie he was doing. I know what Brian wanted to do transitions. We all know what people want to do. You can't stop him. He traveled yeah. so bad and he messed his timing up and missed it. He was right. like, damn, <laughs> I really blew the game. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's crazy because I'm like, yo, Kevin Love outlets this pass so perfectly. Like you couldn't have nobody else better to throw that pass than Kevin Love. Right. right. What's a former player you wish you could got a chance to go to battle against? Well, I ain't even going to say go to battle. You know one player I wish that I could still battle with and I wish he never had those injuries because he was the toughest player I ever played in my life was Derrick Rose, boy. Ooh-wee. Because coming yes, in my sir. rookie year was the year he won MVP. Man, when I tell you, it was nothing you could do. <laughs> like, I don't care he was a problem. how fast you was, how quick you was. Because he one of those guys that we never seen a guy that be that fast and that athletic, but had one of the best floaters we ever seen. Like, his floater yeah, was impeccable, buddy. bro. He never missed it off two feet going right. So it was like, yep. which way I'm going to force him left? Where he going to dunk on my center? And going right, it wasn't like he got to the rim all the time. He had legs, but he had a tough floater that was tough to guard. So he would be that guy, but the guy said, I wish I would have played with AI. That would be my guy. Mm. Mm -hmm. That would have been ugly because you bigger, but... just as fast. That's, that's scary. You got any Kobe stories? Any memorable Kobe stories? Yes, man. My favorite Kobe story was my rookie year. We going to play them in L.A., you know what I mean? You know how you still like, no, I can't believe I'm about to play the Bean. Like, there's no way I'm about to play Kobe. And I got Gil on my team. Gil come out there wearing Dolce & Gabbana, no shoestring straps. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I'm going to play Kobe with a guy like Gil that don't care about nothing. Like, So I get I get Kobe in the post. He guarded me. Um, I'm guarding him in the post. He spins. I block his shot to half court. You know, I chase after it. Think I'm about to get the loose ball, and they kick it to him, and I run back over there. He shoot a three. And he was like, that was a good block, young fella, but the play continues. I should have never said nothing because he ended up, like, scoring, like, 20 straight on us. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to mind my business and not say nothing no more. Don't wake him up. Sometimes you can't wake him up. You got no, to let him cannot. chill. Yeah. And then my last moment I had with Kobe was one of the best ever. Like, we battling. Me and Kobe, like, I'm really going at it. Like, Kobe scoring, I'm scoring. It's fourth quarter. It's, like, it's the last seven minutes of the game. We going back and forth. I'm guarding me, guarding me. They ended up winning, but it was like the Kobe like last stretch before like he tore the Achilles and stuff, and that was dope for me to be like, I could tell my son and show my son that highlight on YouTube of going to a battle and war with Kobe to win a clutch game. Mm. 
Yeah, that's deep. That's dope. You touched on it real quick before we we got a couple more questions, but what was it like to have Gilbert Arenas as a teammate? Hibachi. Well, it was it was wild for me because like he was teaching me the ropes. Like he wasn't trying to put me under the wraps or anything. But just to see him, bro, like he always goofing around, having fun. But like he still had that work ethic, even though he know he wasn't healthy. Like I would go in there some nights to get shots. He'd be already in there shooting one hand threes from half court. I'm like, what the hell? Like I can see why you used to hit these. I can see why you used to hit these game winners from back in the day and turn around. But like Gil was still like a guy that loved the game, bro. He was funny as hell, man. Yeah. He was one of the coolest guys to be around, and he was loyal. Like I remember my first time, like my second, third time walking in the locker room. And we wore the same size, and like, you know, they had those Yeezys that Louis Vuitton had made with the red ones and the gray ones and the cream ones. And like, he just dropped the whole box of shoes off in the shoe bag, like 70 pairs of shoes, like, yo, this for you, young fella. And this when I was with Reeboks, you know, I, I was wearing designer sneakers and Reeboks. I wasn't too much I could wear. I was like, man, this is the coolest bed ever, man. I ain't gotta go buy no Louis, no yeah. nothing. I got everything I need. So he was always dope to me, and me and him still kicking. And then, like, if I need basketball advice, I call him and ask him, and we just chop it up. That's what a lot of people yeah, don't understand is his basketball mind and how hard he works. Oh, He's a man. psycho oh, when man. it comes to work ethic. And, and it was funny because I talked to, uh, heard him telling a story about Kobe told, had a conversation with Gil about he needs to start giving back to the game more and, and, and take yeah. stuff more serious because he's got such yeah. a, an amazing basketball mind. Yeah. And, and obviously and you, got, you got a chance to touch on that. Yeah, he's starting to do that now. He talked about it once Kobe passed. He's like, yeah, Kobe, you wanted me to do it, so I'm going to start doing it. But like you said, like Jack, y'all both y'all said before the show started is I wish y'all had this platform back then because people portrayed y'all who y'all are because of y'all image and y'all mindset and the dog and hunger y'all have for the love of the game that people portray right. you in a different way. And now, like, people look at Gil and be like, nah, Gil ain't like that. Or hear Kobe talk about Gil mm -hmm. in that way. People wouldn't expect it. They think Gil is, right. oh, he's always goofy and always not taking nah. the game serious. But he puts that work in. But in the day, like I try to tell people is, at any day, we, everybody got 24 hours a day. We're not going to be in the gym for 24 hours, so we're still going to live our regular lives and do other things. But you can never knock nobody work ethic. You right. don't know when they putting that work in. Because everybody's not going to record and film everything. Like, everything's not supposed to be filmed. My work is my work right. under, underground. Mm -hmm. All right, we got these Thanks. quarantine quick hitters. Last couple questions before we get you out of here, Jack. Go ahead and start him off. Who you think should be a guest on All the Smoke? Who you think should be our next guest? I feel like the next guests are all smoke. Should be Bradley Bill, my teammate for sure. There you go. And you're going to make We're going to make it happen now. Yeah, you know, nine, nine, nine or ten times when you say something, you know, word is born. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Kurt, what are you currently binge watching? Like watching on TV? Yeah, yeah. You watching anything on TV? Any shows, anything? Yeah, I'm watching. Uh, I'll be watching Chicago PD, Jack Ryan, and then I'm on Ozark. I just started Ozark. Okay, uh, so you're in season one of Ozark? Yeah, yeah, that joint crazy. That shit, it, <laughs> hey, it started a little slow, but trust me, when it gets going, bro, that shit get going. Yeah, yeah, my assistant put me on that one, but yeah, I heard that joint yeah. get going, so I'm, I'm going to finish that up. That's dope. What's your uh, quarantine snack? <laughs> Goldfish. You, you, you and your son fight over those, huh? Goldfish. Oh, man, I, had to, I had to bomb the ones with... I had to buy the goldfish that got like they shaped like Mickey Mouse. So like, cause he like Mickey Mickey Mouse. So he be thinking them joints is real. So he don't touch mine when I give him the Mickey Mouse ones. I figured it out. <laughs> I love they, it. Hey, they got the tropical color. They got the tropical color uh, fruity box. The fish. They got the tropical colors. Oh, yeah, you ain't had them yet. Them. I ain't trying. I ain't been in those stores. So I've been trying to lay low, but I'm, you put me on the song. 
Yeah, that tropical boy. Hey, so tell me this. What's your favorite retro jersey? Favorite retro jersey? Ah. Man, I ain't gonna lie, man. That Memphis Grizzly one, the uh, Shreve Raheem. Like the light oh, the early one with, with the grizzly mm. on it, yeah. Yeah, man, like, I, I be wearing that joint every summer. Like, I, I wear at least once a month every summer. Like, I might just go outside. I just love the way that color hit. You the second person to say that. That color is crazy. That's what's up. Uh, artist or song that's on repeat right now? Who you fucking with? Right now, I'm like, I'm on NBA Youngboy right now. Uh, Slime and Yes, sir. NBA yes, Youngboy. Sir. I'm on NBA Youngboy right now. My favorite song by him is Lonely Child. Yeah, I love that Lonely Child. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but you know Lonely another Child one that's, that's, that, that, you, that you don't take off repeat is Roddy Rich War Baby. I don't take that off repeat neither. Yeah, LA. yeah. Jack. Yes, we sir. We come down to the begging segment brought to you by... Bing, bang, bing. Stephen Jackson. What do you want to uh, well, beg uh, John for? Do the drums, please. Bang. I came begging for nothing. The last couple years when he had playoff games, he flew me down, gave me floor seats. He took care of his bro more than okay. five times. I, I have nothing to ask for my little bro. He always been a great little bro to me. So I That's just want to give up. him his props and say thank you for always holding me down when I call little bro. You know I'm going you know, to call away when you need me. It's nothing I can ask you for because you always been trill with me, dog. For sure. I love big bro. Killer, killer. Yes, sir. Well, hey, man, that's a wrap. Uh, we want to thank our special guest, John Wall. Continue blessings to you and your family and your journey back to the court. We can't wait to see what you say is, yes, is, is, is the best John Wall yet. So we're excited about that. For sure. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Love and blessings back to y'all family also. Yes, no sir, doubt. my boy. That's a wrap. You can find this on Showtime Basketball YouTube or all platform streaming podcasts. All of them. Good job, my boy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. There's something about how this place forms a different kind of person. On my high school team, we had five guys make the NBA. 
We had the county rocking. We mentioned French Georgia County. People know what it's about. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. Being from this area, you have to have tough skin. The gym became his sanctuary. PG County guys provide buckets for America. Prince George packs a lot of power, a lot of character. It's nothing that you can do to stop that competitive edge. We're pushing the community and the culture forward. It's just in the water. This life was all I ever wanted. I'm not leaving. Not yet. I was hoping you'd say that. We gotta hit the streets, make some money. People like us must destroy people like him. Buckle up. Get Showtime free at Showtime.com.